welcome back to No Filter. This is Patty. I'm Rowan. And here we go. We kind of didn't make a plan for this episode. We figured we'd just kind of get back to our roots, back to like episode one and just start talking and see where it takes us. Um, so yeah, we've had a quiet week, I think, for both of us. Not too much going on. Um, we've had a lot of errands this week. Yeah. And just been like researching a lot of stuff for like the upcoming transitions. Yeah, I think I've been going through like a weird time where I'm kind of just unplugging a little bit and disconnecting mm-hmm. a little bit. Just more of a lower energy place where just a lot of reflecting has been happening. Is that bad or good? No, I think it's good. I had like an emotional week. It might be due to, you know, that time of the month. I did too. And it was a full moon last night. I didn't know that was coming. And I feel like if I would have known, I could have more mentally prepared and realized why I was kind of feeling things more deeply. Well, last night was actually a lunar eclipse, which is very, very, very powerful energy-wise. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it it does cause a lot of that to, to stir up. And it's so crazy because I'm always intuitive with what's going on with that, and I don't realize it until after the fact, and then I yeah. read about it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I was going through yeah. and what I was feeling. But it is a, it, it was, it is a very big, like, transitional time, and a time for reflecting and like thinking back about a lot of things and how they're affecting your state now and just like what you want out of life. Yeah. Much. Which is, I feel like has just been the theme for my life for the last few months, especially with the big move coming yeah. up. And it's just like putting everything into perspective. Definitely. Um, I definitely just want to be yeah. more, I feel like I should, we should probably, like, I want to get, like, a calendar that shows me all the moons and stuff so I can be more prepared, because I feel like sometimes it just catches me off guard, and I'm just like, what is wrong with me? Yeah, but if I'm no. pre- mentally prepared for it, I can, like, handle it a lot easier, I feel like. Well, it's crazy, because the three of us, me, you, and Lindsay had lunch, like, we all had a very emotional lunch, yeah. and, um, but it was exactly what was going, like, it exactly exactly yeah. even our topics of conversation was so in line to like what's going on in the universe right now yeah um it's yeah it's really crazy but yeah I just feel like I'm like really just weighing out a lot of things and like my you know my work environment mm-hmm. and like different relationships and like the big move coming up I feel like um there's just a lot of like conversations I would love to have with like my dad and like you know, my family and just, I don't know. It's just like an emotional time right now. Yeah. No, I feel Um, that. Shit's just getting real. (laughs) Really real. Super, super real. So, you know, I think we've mentioned it before in the past, but the big move that we keep mentioning is Rowan and I are moving to California, specifically to Los Angeles. And it's an idea that we've had for a while now, like at least a year where we've kind of been like, oh, I want to move to Cali, da, da, da. And we were talking about it the other day and we're just like, we don't even know how it became like the both of us and just doing it. Like it just, it's like, well, you're going, all right, then I'm going. Like, yeah, I don't even know who it was that was specifically like, I'm going to move. Are you coming with me? Or like, I'm going to go too. It just was just like, all right, I'm going to go. It was never a conversation. (laughs) I mean, like 
right after I moved to New York, I already, even when I moved to New York, I already had that plan to move to California eventually after, like, I just knew that's what I was going to do. And I remember right after I moved, like, I was settling in and I was having conversations with people and they're like, oh, how do you like Brooklyn? I was like, it's great. Like, I love it. Like, New York is awesome. But like, I want to, and at that time, I thought I was only going to give New York maybe a year and then I was going to go to California. And then I don't know what happened timing wise, like just life happens. And I felt like I didn't have enough time in New York. Yeah. Um, And then it turned into, you know, another year here. And then I feel like within that time period, I don't know. I really don't know. And it was never a conversation that we sat down and it was no. like, oh, are you coming with me? But like, I think you always had it in your head. That yeah, you I have to, like, always. At some point. Yeah, I've always wanted to move since college. And originally me and my other really good friend had always talked about moving like down south. And then it just didn't happen right away. And then she actually ended up moving there like two or three years ago. And then I was like, no, this is definitely not where I want to be. <laughs> I would visit her and I was like, maybe out West, like that would be cool. And then, you know, me and you were originally supposed to move to the city together and then that right. didn't happen. And then I just think that it just progressively worked out because I had other things that I had to take care of before I could go anywhere, even Absolutely. move out in the same town from my family. So it just worked out. And then, you know, I just, it just comes back down to like trusting the timing of your yeah. life. And I just feel like right now it, it's just the time. Mm-hmm. It just feels like the most perfect right time. Like there's nothing in me that's even doubting it yeah. or at all. It's just the other emotions that are coming with like leaving family, you know, yeah. and being so far from them. It, that's the emotional part of it. But, and, and, and just knowing that I, I really am happy with this decision. You know, yeah. I almost feel like I don't want to be so happy about it. You know, <laughs> like I don't want to go there and have so much fun or too much fun. Cause I, then I feel almost guilty in a way. No. Like, oh, but my family is on the other side of the world or uh, other side of the country. Yeah. They're so far. Yeah. <sighs> it's just a lot. It is. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It, I was joking around the other day with some of my regulars at work because they were like, now that they like know it's like really official, we have a date that we're getting in the car and we're leaving. And like, I've been talking to them about like all the research I've been doing on like moving companies and like having to take care of this and pack and purge. And like, I even have to change my bank. Like, yeah, there's so much shit to do. It almost makes you not even want to move. And like, I totally understand when it takes people a long time to like get things done because it's a lot, man. And, like, moving companies, like, you never know who's trying to rip you off. Like, are they going to, like, do the job that they're telling you they're going to do? Like, it's just, it's a lot to do. But. I'm so happy I have you (laughs) in this process with me because I don't know if I could have handled this by myself. You would have figured it out. I mean, I would have figured it out. Like, I was always going to just do it. But, like, having you helping me is, like, wow. You're welcome. Uh, you're going to be on the yacht, boo. You'll be <laughs> on the yacht one yacht. day. Got you. Got you. That's my goal. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so yeah. And um, we're definitely planning on taking all our listeners along for the ride. We're not sure in what capacity yet. We have some ideas, but as it gets closer, we'll definitely be sharing that with you guys and how we can make this more interactive and you guys can be part of like music festivals that we're going to and like the road trip and stuff like that. So we'll see how that works out, but we definitely want to take you guys along for the ride. We think it'll be really fun and really cool to be able to do that. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, because I don't know if we've mentioned we're road tripping it. Yeah, we are, and and if we haven't, we're let you guys know now. <laughs> we're gonna road trip across America. Um, unfortunately, we went from five people road tripping across to just three of us. So it's me, Ron, and her sister, uh, which will be cool. I think <laughs> it'll be very funny and entertaining. <laughs> it's gonna be so entertaining. It's gonna be so entertaining. Yeah, because the other two that were gonna come have road tripped across the U.S. like. I don't even know how many times. Um, and so they're professionals and they've camped and they've done everything. They know which routes to take, where to stop and things like that. So um, they definitely would have been our guides. And so now we're godless. <laughs> and so It's going to be straight comedy, like straight comedy, <laughs> because we're these fucking three girls. Just... What? No, this is going to be so funny. And if anyone doesn't watch, you're missing out. <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be a good time. Um, All right, so back to the present. (laughs) Um, I want to tell you guys about my first spin class experience today. Oh, gosh. So, you know, as I've mentioned throughout this month, I'm doing, you know, a little spring cleansing, really, like, been training hard at the gym, going every day. And um, I decided people have been talking to me about spin classes forever. And I'm like, I don't think that's for me. Like, it's just not. And um, I watch the videos and I see like soul cycle and like all this stuff. And I'm like, I just I don't get it. So I was like, you know what? Finally, yesterday, I was like, I'm going to try a spin class. And they're always booked and like full to capacity whenever I try to sign up for them at the gym. So finally, last night, I went to go sign up, and there was a waiting list. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sign up for the waiting list, and if I wake up and there's a spot open, I will go. There was a spot open this morning when I woke up, which I was kind of like, oh, please don't be. So whenever I got up, I went, and I get in there, and it's supposed to start at 9.30, and I walked in at 9.29, and they were already going. And I was like, what the fuck? That's annoying. Like, I don't even have time to, like understand what this bike does whatever I sit down start pedaling the instructor sucked like big time and I feel like yeah any type of class that makes a huge difference so I was like this guy sucks and the thing told me that it was supposed to be a certain woman and I walk in and it was this guy so I was like first of all that's fucked up they don't even tell you it's a different instructor like they should have emailed everybody and let them know whatever I'm like, all right, I'm still going to give it a try. I'm going. There was no explanation of how the bikes worked. Like, it wasn't like a higher level spin class. It was a beginner spin class. So even though people probably go every week, like, you're always going to have new people popping in and out. So you should be explaining, like, the machine and, like, what's happening. You got there late. I got there at 929. The class starts at 930. (laughs) They started early, okay? All right. (laughs) Jesus. So <laughs> there was, and even if I, ha- even if like they started at 928, like you, there's, it's a process. Like, let me know what's going on. What are the intervals? What buttons do I press? So I'm just like on this bike pedaling, but it's not. Your re- vagina is going to hurt so bad. Okay, it's wait. So, <laughs> so whatever. The instructor sucked. There was no explanation. I'm just on a bike pedaling. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go with this, whatever. So I'm like going and I'm pedaling and like, he's not saying anything. Like, there's no communication. <laughs> and then, at, like, every few minutes, he's like, all right, we're still warming up, four more minutes. And everybody's just pedaling, and I'm like, this is not motivating at all. Like, you should, yeah. be, you know? 
So finally we get into the workout and he has like really weird music playing. Like it's upbeat, but it's like old stuff. So I'm just like, okay, so we're going blah, blah, blah. And he's like, all right, up now. Silence. And everybody's just pedaling. And then he's like, all right, go back down. Silence. Like it's just silent in between him telling us like go up or down. I'm just like, this sucks. And then there was this lady all the way on the other side of the room and she would just like randomly let out a woo. too but it was like a weird vibe in the whole the vibe wasn't right in there and then there was this random lady like everybody's just like looking over like what the fuck so then whatever i'm like i'm what was the music there was some good like 80s music and then but in between it would be like this weird like 70s like rock yeah. So I was just like, okay, okay. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and then there was this other girl next to me, and she wasn't even following the instructor. She was just doing her own thing. Like, she was going. She was working and spinning. And I was like, you go, girl, but you are not following directions. And, like, I don't know if I should do my own thing. Maybe I'll feel it more. But, like, I wasn't really, like, sweating. I was kind of just, like, and I was pedaling. I was following. And I just, it wasn't yeah. doing it for me. Like, I didn't feel like I was doing anything. We'll have to try uh, one of, like, the really good soul cycle classes when we move to L.A. I know yeah. a, few, a few people who are instructors out there, and one of them, she's she's huge. She's um, um, this designer that I know, his sister, um, and she's been on, like, Oprah and everything. Like, mm-hmm. She's big out there. So I feel like if we're going to do it, we should do it right. <laughs> those seem really cool, but those seem, like, too intense, like, too many vibes in there, and that scares me. <laughs> But we'll baby step into it. We'll yeah, I'd be willing to give it a try. So yeah, so we're going to know whatever. And then finally, like the people around like immediately around me, like started getting a little more energy and getting into it. So I was like, all right, I could stick with this. Yeah. Because I really like try to just finish things out. Even if I'm not enjoying them, like I really just try to finish everything. So I was like, I'm just gonna finish, get to do this. But like I kept looking at the clock and it was going really slow. So I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Then I had the seat like pushing into my vagina. And then, like, I have my period. Sorry, guys. And I was just like, this is, like, I don't feel really comfortable about this. I was like, I'm just going to, like, s- like stand for more of the time. So then I'm just like, all right, I'm going to finish this out, finish this out. Then there was this very, very large man in front of me. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and shout out to him because he was doing it. Like, he was spinning his little butt off. Well, his big butt off. His big, big butt <laughs> He had his, like, tight, like, spank Under Armour shorts on and, like, kept lifting up his shirt to do- take off his sweat and, like, you know, oh. do what you gotta do, man. Like, I'm, I support yeah. you, proud of you for, get, like, doing this and getting in shape because, like, I obviously cannot get it together and do this. But then I'm pretty sure he passed gas. So... <laughs> This is one of those times that I can quit. I do not have to finish this out. So I left the class. Oh my God, that actually reminds me. I got a massage the other day. Yeah. Oh my God, ew. So I, there was, we were supposed to have like a wine class meeting at work or whatever. I got there an hour early because I thought. Didn't you miss it? Didn't you think you were going to get fired because you missed it last time? Oh yeah, the last time I missed it completely. But then I showed up. I showed up this week, and for whatever reason, I thought it was at 1 o'clock. It was at 2.30. So 
well, you know, really. I get there at 1.30, so I'm freaking out because I think I'm late. When in reality, I was an hour early. So I was like, all right, let me go. Let me hit up Chinatown and get my quick little massage, my $20 massage. Great. Go in. My boy fan. Love him. He, he does me up every time. Now, this place is sketchy as fuck. Like, you have, like, is a little Is it the same one we ass. go to every time? Um, I don't know if you came to this one. There's two of them that we've gone to. I've only gone to one. Okay, so this one is a different one, um, but it's in the same area, and um, this one is, like, actual sheets, like, separating mm-hmm. the beds. The one that we've gone to is, there's a wall, but it's still really, like, small. Thin no, wall. it's sheets. Okay, so then you came to this one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, so it's this one. Um, so whatever, I laid down. It's super sketch, you know, but for $20, it gets the job done. He's so good. So I'm laying there, and I can't tell if he farted or if someone brought in some really just potent-smelling food or what it was. But I could not – I just couldn't take it anymore. Like, I was like, I'm, I smell something. I smell food. Is somebody eating? Like, it's so distracting when you're trying to relax. Yeah. And all you, it, it's like something you can't ignore, a freaking smell. Like, yeah. I can't ignore that. Mm-hmm. So he, like, ran out and yelled at the people that were outside because I guess they were eating. And then they came back and finished. But not fun when you have your head in the middle of a hole and somebody's All you like, get is, an is near your aroma. face yeah. and they yeah. So, fart. yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. So I decided that this was one of the times I didn't need to finish this. And I could let it go, and I was at peace with that. So I left the class, and I went, and I yeah. did arms. And um, I'd like to try it again, but I really just need to make sure it's a really good instructor, and I'm, like, yeah. in it to win it because yeah, that's that was a bad experience. So, yeah, that was my wow. day. And I went, I did arms, and I did a little stretching and some abs, and here I am. That's wonderful. Yeah. So... I think I'm going to cancel my gym membership because I don't think there's a New York sports club in California. So I think, I think there are. Cancel. Really? But um, Mabel said that there um, is an LA Fitness next to um, Patsy's. I think that's the big thing out there, LA Fitness. Yeah. So I don't know. Either way. I guess I got to look it up. But... I also feel like you're paying a lot of money. Um, I'm paying less than other New York sports club goers are paying because I had a friend that worked there and like he got me a super good deal so Mm -hmm. that's the only reason why I kept it around because I know if I do transfer somewhere else I'll still be paying less Mm -hmm. than other people um but I don't even know if it's worth it like I've just been doing home workouts like yeah especially since I've gone mostly vegan I I don't feel like I have to work out as much because Mm -hmm. I'm just eating so well um and then if I work out too much I lose too much weight so I just do like basic stuff at home but I feel like once we move I'm gonna really want to do like more like outdoor workouts like stuff outside um I really wish something for way cheaper yeah I really wish there was now I'm at edge fitness and I fucking love it and I really wish they had them out in California but they're only in Connecticut right now but I was talking to my trainer last week when I went after we we're finished recording and um I was like telling her like I'm moving da 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 whatever she's like that's so awesome I wish I could move 
And I was like, yeah, man, you should tell them to open up an Edge Fitness in LA. Like, I'll work for you guys and help you start it up. Like, <laughs> it would be so good because it's work. so cheap and they give you so much. Like, I know. It's just going to be like that for now. Stop hitting things. Oh, sorry. so much noise. I have a fidgeting um, problem. It's only going to be like that for now, though. Once once the demand gets higher, they're going to make the prices higher. But it's good that you got, like, grandfathered in. Well, that and Richie and Tony started, like, a corporate account. So the more people sign up through their corporate account, the cheaper it gets a month. Oh, that's awesome. I know, but I'm not going to be able to use it in two months, so. Yeah. Anyways. We'll find something. Um, maybe we'll be bad bitches at the Equinox. <laughs> And we'll let people know if we're a freak or not. I hate you. <laughs> um. I do have a friend that's a trainer at the Equinox, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, all right. What's next? Well, I think you should talk about the shit you were telling me about earlier. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Phil? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so this is an interesting topic, and um, I may just not be in tune to the younger generation because I don't have, like, a little sister or anything. I have little cousins. What is that? What is that? It's upstairs. I can't help that. Chef Vivi is in full mode. Oh, my gosh, Vivi. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) Just getting ready for Good Friday tomorrow, so I can't even complain. (laughs) I can hear it. She's getting ready. Um, I'm so excited. I can't, I'm so excited to eat tomorrow. Um, anyways, so yeah, so I don't know if I'm just not in tune with this cause I don't have a younger sister, but I do have some little cousins and I've heard some things here and there from their parents and I'm just like, what kids are doing these, that these days? That's crazy. Um, but basically while I was waiting for, um, the lovely Rowan to wake up and get her day started, I was watching Dr. Phil. <laughs> I was watching Dr. Phil after the gym, and um, it was an old episode. I think it was from, like, 2009, Um, but it was about kids and how they view oral sex and how basically how they believe that oral sex is not a big deal as long as you're not having actual sexual intercourse. And there was an author um, of a book there. It's called uh, Oral Sex is the New Kiss Goodnight. And it's also a documentary, too, which we tried to find before we started recording and watch it, but I can't find it anywhere. There's only, like, news clips. But basically, it was talking about and and having the young girls themselves um, interviewed in the film as well um, about how kids are having sex at school, having sex at dances, like anywhere and everywhere is totally acceptable for these kids to have sex. And the reason it's acceptable is because oral sex is not sex to them. So why not? You could do it anywhere. Um, And they were also talking about how they now have all these young girls who are barely even teenagers. I'm talking about like 12, 13, 14-year-old kids now. And how there's this new thing with um, prostitution amongst these young kids, but they don't call it prostitution. Um, They didn't really give it a name, but it's kind of just like them hanging out and doing sexual favors for each other. And basically the way they get it done is instead of the pimp or the guy um, coming up to these young girls and trying to recruit them and being like, hey, like, do you want to have sex for money or whatever? Um, they have 
you know, if they have a girlfriend or any other females that are just friends of theirs, befriend these new girls or recruits as they called them. And then, you know, be friends with them, hang out with them, and then kind of slowly but surely introduce them to what they do, which is perform sexual favors for all their guy friends. And so in that way, these young girls that are coming into their new friend circle are kind of just like, oh, well, everybody else is doing it. You know, why not? Like, we're all friends. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And so when I was telling Rowan about this before, I wish we would have recorded our initial conversation. Like, my mind was blown. Like, never... I Is this really happening in the world? Like, are kids really doing this? Because I'm just having a hard time really understanding that this is really happening. And I feel like it is, and it's so disgusting to me and so sad to me that... Like, this has become a thing among these young kids. And so young. Like, we're not talking about, like, 18, 19, whatever, that kind of young is still kind of wrong. But, like, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, like... It's very disturbing. Disturbing. That's a good word. It's very, very disturbing. But it's also... There's just so much that comes with it. Like, for one thing... Like, I think I said in a, in a last episode, I was introduced to porn at a really young age. And not even just, you know, I just came across it, just mm-hmm. surfing the web or whatever. When you look at music videos, like just in our culture, yeah. pop culture, and, and now especially Instagram, and yeah. you see people like, you know, these... I'm not going to call them role models because they're not. They're not trying to be. But at the end of the day, there's people that are putting stuff out there and there's younger generations that mm-hmm. are picking it up, you know? And so when you're being, when you're, this is all you see and it's such, and especially in America, mm-hmm. it's such a sexually driven country. Mm-hmm. Everything is about sex. Yeah. Things are overly sexualized in this country mm-hmm. as opposed to other places in the world. So when you're being fed all of this stuff at, at a young age and then you're it's at the point when you are beginning to feel heightened feelings of sexuality, mm-hmm. having all of that together, where else are you going to do this stuff other than school? You know, where are you going to be able to experience these different sexual activities other than school or the movies or the mall or wherever it is that your parents are going to allow you to go at that age. Yeah. So not that it's right, but it's these kids are acting out and, you know, doing all these behaviors in the only settings that they are able to. Yeah. No, that part totally um, makes sense to me. Cause I mean, I was a kid once and, but I was like, I want to go to the movies and like make out with my boyfriend. I don't like yeah. want to get down in the seats and like give him head. Like, that's no. Not, like, no. no, I was not, I was not sexually active until I was 17. I want to say, I think I was 17. Like I had a definitely a later start than some of my peers. And I even remember being in middle school and there were some girls that were already super sexually active in middle school. And I was like, I just remember thinking like, whoa, is this normal? Am I supposed, like it, am I supposed to be there right now? Mm -hmm. But I knew I wasn't like, I felt, I didn't feel like I was there yet or that I should be. So it was like this weird, like back and forth that I would be feeling at a young age. Like, am I really prude? Is this like, you know, is there something wrong with me? Because I'm not, you know, sexually active right now, but I still just felt like, no, like I don't, I'm not there. Like there was was just always something that was just like, no, I want it to feel right. Like I, 
You know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I just never even, like, had it. I don't know. I never even thought about it. And I recently, it was reaffirmed, I definitely was a prude in middle school because one of our mutual friends was telling me stories about things that he did in St. Peter's. And I was like, what? With who? Like, downstairs in the basement? Like, what? I can't even believe you're telling me this. Like, I would have had no idea that kids were doing this at school, in a Catholic school, in the basement. Yeah. Like, that was so wild to me. And I just recently found this out. Like, it's been however long since we've, uh, you know, been in middle school. But then I also remember, um, which just ended up being a very tragic story, but um, Christina Long, who I don't know if people have heard that story, was actually national news. She uh, was a girl who was two years under than me. So she was in sixth grade when I was in eighth grade. I remember when she first came to the school because she transferred there. You could tell that she was very mature for her age, and she was definitely, like, on a different wavelength than all the other sixth graders. Uh-huh. And um, she ended up meeting a guy online, which is a whole nother conversation, but meeting oh a God, guy online, yeah. meeting up with him, having sex with him, and he accidentally killed her. And Accidentally killed her? Well, it came up that, like, they were, like... Cho- How do you accidentally well, kill someone? Well, it came up that they were, like, choking each other during sex, and it was, like, a game. And he choked her for too long, and she died. She suffocated and died during sex. So, like, which is another whole other topic about, like... Well, that's a whole other scary thing, too. Yeah. At, our, at that age, that's when the internet started emerging. Yeah, exactly. And, and I remember that being, like, a really scary time for parents. Yeah. Um, in general, when we were that young, because this was this new beast, like, these yeah. new predators that parents had to deal with yeah they actually did an episode i think it was either on the id channel or like one of those like dateline type things and she was a storyline and they interviewed a lot of her friends back from when she was at st peter's and like they told the whole story about how she was always in chat rooms meeting guys and like all that stuff and that's how all of this came to be about but it was just like she was 12 if she was in sixth grade i think and had already been with who knows how many guys and had already been doing all this stuff. And it was just really wild. That was definitely, like, a moment in my life that, like, I'll never forget because I remember, like, it, it's a small school, you know, the Catholic schools out here. Like, yeah, of course. You know, there's, like, maybe maybe 25 kids in each class and, like, the 6th through 8th graders are all, like, clustered together. So even though we didn't hang out, like, you still know who everybody is and all that stuff. So I remember they came into the classroom and they were telling us, what happened? I think they even gave us a half day that that day to go home and like, you know, had to get all the parents involved. They brought in like therapists to talk to everybody. And I remember I saw her at the mall that day before she died. And like, I never spoke oh to her. Gosh. I would never go up to her and like be like, oh, you know, what's up? Like, what are you doing here? Whatever. But like being that young and then knowing that you just saw somebody right before they died, like it was just a really weird like mental fuck. So like, yeah. I would like absolutely never forget that. But yeah, going back to the Dr. Phil thing, I was just like, I would not, like I wasn't, my brain was not there. Like I had no. a little boyfriend in seventh grade, but it was just like, oh, that's my boyfriend over there across the room. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't anything serious. It was, you know, so... I didn't even have boyfriends. Like, I even that was like, no, this is Yeah. Not. Well, I mean, it was only in school. Like, I could never be, like, come home and be like, oh, my boyfriend's coming over today or, like, stuff like that. No, absolutely not. Even in high school, like, I didn't really say, like, I had a boyfriend until, like, junior year of high school. <laughs> and, I didn't have my first kiss until I was in high school. Yeah. Like, I don't I think I did def- either, did I? 
It was maybe it was like the summer before I went to high school or it was freshman year. Yeah, I just did not. It was not something that I was like doing. So, yeah, that was like just really mind boggling. And then um, so the documentary in the book that we were talking about that was on Dr. Phil, I want to read like a couple just quotes from these girls that are interviewed in the document. So it's called Oral Sex is the New Goodnight Kiss. And um, it just shares teenage girls' thoughts about sex. So a 12-year-old says, oral sex to me really isn't that big of a deal. And then the next quote is from a 13-year-old that says, there was a girl and she was on something and the guys were taking turns. One would leave the room and then the other would go in. And I don't know how many guys. I've been given the date rape drug before and I've been on ecstasy before. 13, bro? And this is back in 2009, okay? 2009. So think back that many, what is that, six years ago? I think nine, ten. Yeah, about ten, I mean, six, seven years ago. So, yes, things were developing on the internet and drugs and stuff like that, but not as much as they even are now, you know? And that's just 13. Like, what the fuck? Um, there's another girl, she's 16 years old. She says, I had threesomes at a really young age and I was joining my body with someone who I didn't know or care about. I ended up having sex with like more than one person that night. If I see a man's penis, I get really scared just because I've had bad experiences. Like I get freaked out. Like the psychological trauma that has to come with being sexually active at such a young age. I cannot even imagine like what these girls went through prior, first of all, to, to even be, to be able to like be there at that age because you have to have, you, you can't like, there's something that has to go on in your family life, in your, just growing up the things well, that you've been that was a topic to. that was a topic they discussed also because they thought the same thing like what have they been through in their past that would make them so susceptible to be pressured into doing something like this or be like you know swayed into doing something like this mm-hmm. and so one of the parents they interviewed because they interviewed someone's mom they obviously the girl was underage she was 14 years old they can't show her um but they were talking to the mom and I mean, you you obviously never know what goes on behind closed doors, but they came from a middle-class family, you know, doing oh, yeah. well, nice home. Like, they had dinners together. They went out. They vacationed. Like, it was a normal middle-class family, and she had another daughter. She's like, the reason she found out what was going on is because her, her the, the 14-year-old started acting different, started disrespecting her, just total change in attitude towards her family and her parents. And the mom kept trying to figure out, she's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah, she's a teenager. She's going through stuff, but like, this is like a little too much. So the younger daughter, the sister went to school with the older one. Like they were in the, still in the same school together. So finally one day she asked her younger daughter, like, what's your sister's behavior like at school? Like, what is she, what's going on? And the younger sister was like, oh, she's not really there a lot. Like, she was always skipping school, like, all this stuff. And then they found out that it was a friend of the 14-year-old that introduced her to that life and basically recruited her to be one of these girls that does sexual favors for their friends. And they were even doing, like, webcam stuff from their room. Oh, my God. Like, while the parent and the whole family's there, but you close your door, and, I mean, no disrespect to white people, but, like, if a white kid's door is closed, like, parents aren't going to open it, you know? Like, in my house, that doesn't work. Like, even to this day, 
there's like no locks on anybody's doors. Like people can come in and out whenever they want. Like that just doesn't happen. So no, like, yeah, fuck that. White people don't know how to raise their fucking kids. I'm sorry. So like, I'm sorry, you need to beat your children. That's how I. Yeah, I but not just that. Like if a if your kid comes <laughs> if your kid's in their room for six hours and doesn't come out and you're just like knock knock is everything okay? Yeah, mom, I'm fine. And she's over here like. Busting it open <laughs> on a handstand. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god! Like, oh. and you have no idea because you don't want to disrespect your child and open their motherfucking door. <laughs> you know what, though? It, yeah, it's not fair to say anything about like family life because it it does have a lot to do with your influences mm-hmm. and your friends in school. Because especially remember, at that age. Yes, I do remember stages in my life where. Um, I mean, you make your own decisions. Of course. I'm not blaming it on other people, but there was definitely points in my life where I was a little bit more influenced by things going on around me. And it was like, oh, this is just a fun stage in my life. Like, fuck it. Like, whatever. And not really thinking about consequences and stuff like that. So, and that absolutely had to do with the the friends that I had around me. Yeah. Oh, my God. And and the influences I had around me. And um, luckily, like, you know, people grow up and grow out of that and realize, okay, this isn't right for me or whatever. But that's what's so scary is, like, at that, you're so impressionable at that Mm -hmm. age because you're dealing with, no, fuck my parents. All they want to do is control me and whatever. Like, they don't really know what's best for me. Like, no, they just, you know what I mean? Like, they don't give a fuck. They, whatever, they just want to control me. And then, oh, these are my friends. They're having a good time. They They care about me. They... They know, like, what's up, yeah. whatever. And it's that struggle that you're dealing with that. And then you grow up and you're like, damn, my parents were right. <laughs> Which is I've definitely had a couple too. of those moments. Not many, though. I was never, like, I had to, like, to have my fun. But I, I always knew where to draw the line. So, but I definitely had a few, like, damn, they were right. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that definitely wasn't a good idea. But what are you going to yeah. do? But that's that's normal, too, to have that learning process. As long as you can get to that point at a safe time before it gets too far like then you're you're fine like have your little fun but also realize that you are going to have a point in time where you're going to be like fuck they were totally right you can tell them if you want to or you could not tell them if you don't want to that they were right but just know that you're going to have that moment and that's just normal everybody wants to learn for themselves like people Mm -hmm. can tell you over and over and over again you shouldn't do that. I've gone through it. It didn't work out. It's gonna it's mm-hmm. gonna be the same outcome for you. And people just still wanna touch the yeah. stove and see if it's hot. You Some know, people need to. That's the only themselves. way they're gonna learn. Some people can take the advice and be like, All right, uh, yeah. maybe you're right. I don't really need to do that. But I would definitely encourage people to just give that a try. I mean, I'm, I don't know how old all of our listeners are, but, like, just take one moment and be like, I'm going to sit out on this one and then kind of, like, hear the stories back from all your friends who went to that level. And then you can kind of figure out, like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that. Like, I didn't, you know, it didn't need to whatever, you know. Maybe just give it a try just once. You never know. You might like it. <laughs> but you know what? Also, it's like I feel like, there's so much focus on the young girls that are engaging in these sexual activities, yep. but really, it's the guys. still not okay for the little boys. Either. No, and nobody and nobody really um, talks about that as much. It's always yeah. like, oh my gosh, these young girls are involved in this, mm-hmm. but who are they involved with? These other young boys. So mm-hmm. why are we not focusing on the on the young boys that yeah. are, are going through this? Because 
kids are kids. Like yeah. you're still going through different psychological things at, at a young age. And, and nobody, I don't know, people don't really talk about the little boys as, as much. Yeah. And then these little boys grow up to be men and patterns don't really break. So it's like when they grow up to be these guys that are just, I don't know, all over the place, you know, promiscuous or whatever, they get high fives, but it's still not okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, I can't remember when it was, but I definitely had this conversation with my family. And I mean, this was more of like a Latin mom with their son's point of view, but I think it can all come back together to, to relate to this. But we were just talking about how, um, some of my cousins who have brothers, um, and how they were, treated differently growing up like my female cousins they you know were were held to a higher standard they could never have boyfriends till a certain age their boyfriends could never come over like you couldn't even really like cuddle on the couch and just Mm -hmm. watch tv with Mm -hmm. your boyfriend because that was wrong like that even to this day like sometimes like if I'm dating somebody and they come over and like we're sitting really close together or like I'm laying on his lap and we're just watching a movie like there's nothing going on like sometimes I get uncomfortable like if my mom comes in the room or somebody comes home or whatever like now at this point I'm older so it's not that big of a deal but I still kind of sometimes feel weird about it because I know how big of a deal it's like it has been growing up right but then they have like their brothers their younger brothers or whatever and they can just frolic around and do whatever they want their girlfriends come over all the time they'll sleep over like they'll be laid up on the couch like under the covers like all this stuff and it's just like why is it okay for the boys to do it but not the girls and one of I feel like it was one of my aunts but I could be wrong was basically saying, like, well, it's not that big of a deal for the boy because the girls that he's bringing over, like, say they get pregnant or something, like, that's not my responsibility. Like, I don't have to be... My daughter doesn't have to be walking outside with, like, a belly or, like, being ashamed that she got pregnant at a young age or, like, this, that, and the third. Like, I don't have to take on that responsibility because it's not my daughter. She's not living under my roof. Like, that other... Those other people let their daughter come over to our house and get impregnated by our son. I was like, what? Like... (laughs) No, I mean, I had a conversation with my mom years ago, too. Like, we were talking about sex and stuff, and I was like, so if my brother, it's fine for him, but not for me. She's like, yeah, and I was like, why? She's like, because he can't get pregnant. Yeah, yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. It's And you know what? At the end of the day, yes, that's the harsh reality of it. Like, we do have a higher risk as women, you know, to deal with this stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, a baby's a baby. It doesn't matter if it's coming out of you or not. That's still a child that someone went half on. Yeah. Like, like, your son went half on that baby. Yeah, it's just really wild. I was just flabbergasted by that entire conversation. And I was just like, "This this is what's wrong with the world. Like, the world, the Hispanic community, like... Mom and dads, like... Society, and that's (laughs) another topic, is that society, culture, everything raises women to have to amount to marriage. Yeah. That's what they embed in, in girls' minds. Like... You have to you have to grow up, be a lady, be a, a woman that could be a great wife and whatever, and a great mother and blah blah blah. But they're not feeding this stuff to men. Yeah, they're not saying the same thing. Well, to that was in boys. that Beyonce like song. Like growing up and yes, and being being a Excuse husband me. and being a great father. These aren't lessons that they're teaching yeah. boys. They're teaching them how to grow up and be businessmen and how to make money and this and that. But and like, provide for their family, but not how to right. get the family once they have the provisions for them or I think that's the word provisions 
I'm not sure. Or Whatever. be a family man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's very easy to just cut a check, but like, you know, how to how to be that loving, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Well, they did interview one teenage boy on Dr. Phil, but like he was the other side of the spectrum where he's like, no, I wouldn't do that. Like, I don't want to really have sex. I don't want to get anybody pregnant because I have a plan. Like, I have sports. I want to go to this college. And like, I, and then Dr. Phil was like, well, why are you so adamant about not getting a girl pregnant? Like, why wouldn't you want to do that? And he's like, because I have a plan and I'm going to go to Indiana. And if I get a girl pregnant, I can't go to Indiana. Like, it was just, like, so simple-minded and, like, so right. down. But it was just like, yes, man, yes. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, if you have a kid as a teenager, are there success stories? Sure. But 95% are not success stories. Like, you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. Like, your future plans no. are not going to work out. And if they do, it's going to take you... Three times, if not longer, to accomplish them after having right. a child at a teenage age, you know? And that's or the thing too. It's like, wow, you get so, so shocked hearing a, a little boy saying that. But, like, good, yes, you were raised correctly because you understand that if you get a girl pregnant, it doesn't mean you can just go off yeah. and leave and, and finish your goals. Yeah. You have a child that you have to worry about. And that's what's not fair is girls will get pregnant at a young age, but the boys can just go yeah. off and still live their lives and not take responsibility mm-hmm. for this child. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought that the show, 16 and Pregnant, like Teen Mom on MTV, like when it first came out, I thought it was really good. But now it's like, you're not really showing what happens because now you're paying these girls and they're making so much money and they're becoming these success stories that they would not have become if they didn't have the show. So, like, the only reason that their lives are working out, I mean, of course, they still have stresses and, like, all this stuff, but it's definitely a lot easier for them being on the show. So, you're not really showing what it's like to be a teenage mom, because they're getting a check from MTV every week for being on the show. That's providing them to buy a house, to have new cars, to, like, you know, like, a regular teenage mom wouldn't have all that, so. Yeah, reality TV is just bullshit. It's fucking bullshit, all of it. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah, so, yeah, that was just, I just happened to catch that Dr. Phil episode, and sometimes I do, I'll turn it on, and I'll just see what's up, and sometimes he has, like, really good topics, and they're sometimes really old shows, but I thought that was a good one today, and it was just, yeah, it was just really mind-boggling, and just, don't do it, kids, don't do it, (laughs) it's just so disturbing. And you can still get STDs through oral sex. You can definitely still get STDs through oral sex. Yes, you absolutely can. Which wear a condom. Wear a condom. Which brings us to this great PSA. Do you want to tell people about it, and then we'll we'll play it back later. I don't know either at the end of the show or after this little segment or whatever. I'll edit it in. So, on the radio the other day, there was a little PSA by Lil Dicky, and I thought more people, I thought more people knew who he was. Okay, I do not know who Lil Dicky is, and so this bitch was telling me about him, she's like, oh, you know Lil Dicky, da 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 and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, Lil Dicky is this white Jewish guy, and he started off as a comedian, but he's so, so clever, and he started rapping, and he, and he has, like, very satirical is that the word satire oh what's the satirical it's like satire yeah yeah that's not the right conjugation but i know what you're saying yeah okay cool (laughs) so so he has very you know 
um, it's like real rap, you know? He's not rapping about popping bottles in the, in the club because that's just not what he's doing. He's actually a very intelligent guy, and he's so funny. And so his rapper name is Lil Dicky, and he decided to use that name because he's like, what, are other rappers going to just rap about me and, like, talk shit and put call me Lil Dicky, like, the joke's on you, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's just really funny. And so he had a PSA, because I guess he's, like, the face of um, Trojan right now. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so it was a PSA about safe sex and using condoms, but it was just so simple and, and real. And, like, he was just basically, like, we're adults. Wear a fucking condom. Like, what is what is the use of having 15, 20 minutes, maybe an hour of fun? Shout out to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Hour of fun if you're just going to be stressing about it for yeah. the next day and, to, and days to follow. Like, fuck, there's a possibility I could have an STD. Fuck, there's a possibility that I could have an unplanned pregnancy. Fuck, 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 fuck. And it's like, and I was young at one point and... You know, I wasn't thinking about that shit, and I've, you know, done some dumb shit. But as you get older, you realize it's not worth it. It's not worth the headache. Nah, not at um, all. And, um, yeah, it's just a mature thing to do, and I just feel like mm, people talk about it with kids, but I don't think they really, like, really push the idea, like, full force forward. Like, wear condoms, safe sex, it's very, very important. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, and it sucks because, yes, you're young and you're sexually active and condoms are expensive and whatever, but they're a lot cheaper than a baby. Word up. Or an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, whichever way you choose to go with it. Yep. Pro-choice, but, yeah. Definitely. All right, so we'll play that either in between this or... He's hysterical. It's really he funny. so funny. The whole thing I is really it. funny, but I'll probably just play the PSA at the end. I don't even know if it was... I just Googled whatever, but I'll try to find the actual radio one, the quick one. That I think I that was on. it, what you were playing at the end. No. Because he kept saying Trojan. Yeah, but it wasn't the one I heard oh, on the radio. okay. It was just a, like a longer one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, just stay tuned at the end after our little outro, and then I'll I'll pop that in for a good little laugh and informational PSA from Little Dicky. Awesome! <laughs> Can we take a little bathroom break? Yeah, I gotta pee. Thanks. Okay. Welcome back. Hi. Took a little bathroom break. I feel 
Fast. <laughs> Ready to go? <laughs> I was getting antsy. I was like, I don't know how much longer I can talk for. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're back. Um, what? <laughs> You're so annoying. Um, I thought it would be good to come back and talk about some stuff that we were texting each other earlier today. Um, and just some feelings about, you know, doing this podcast and kind of, um, what's going on today and like reality TV and all that stuff. So do you want to share your feelings? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I was just saying how, um, you know, I was looking at like the number of plays that we had for this past episode and a lot of it could be due to, I guess I didn't know. Yeah. Fuck SoundCloud, man. They fuck up all the fucking time. Get your shit together. It is so annoying. And for anybody who's tried to click the links, to SoundCloud from our bios or any of our social media platforms. We're really sorry. It's not our fault. Fucking SoundCloud sucks. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the other day, actually, I went to Artists and Fleet in Brooklyn to visit Lindsay um, when she had her little, you know, stand. And she was telling me about a tarot reader that was there that she's been thinking about doing pop-ups with. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. And I had no intentions of getting a reading or whatever, but I was just like walking around a little bit. And then I saw her and she looked so sweet and lonely because she's there sitting there by herself. And I was like, fuck it, let me get a tarot reading. But one of the things she mentioned in it was about different things that are heavy on my mind and like different stresses that I've been kind of bringing upon myself and how like strong the mind really is and how powerful it is. And obviously this is all stuff I know, but we're all human and you still subconsciously think about things, you know, whether you know it or not, things are on your mind. And she was talking about after, um, about letting the dust settle. She's like, sometimes, you know, we see dust and we, we get like, worked up about it and then we kick it up and now the dust is just the air and is in the air and you you start to choke on it Mm -hmm. so rather than like um fighting it so much it's like let it settle let the dust settle and then absorb that afterwards you know take things in after that so it was just funny that I was thinking about letting how the dust has settled now after our, you know, our podcast and how exciting it was in the beginning and all the great feedback we were getting. And it was so encouraging and, and motivating to have and like keep going. And now I feel like the dust has kind of settled mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it, it, you know, trying to just keep it going and keeping the momentum going. And I'm still as motivated to like keep putting out episodes, but I don't know if people are still you know, are still receptive to them. Right. And that same day, I actually got a text message from someone who, um, it was really random, and they were just saying how they really enjoyed our last episode and how um, they loved that we, we talked about the different documentaries, and she has watched, she watched them years ago, and that she's just very happy that we're using our platform to, mm-hmm. to bring light to these different these different things. Um, so that was really nice to hear. And someone else actually today just commented on, um, one of my pictures on Instagram and also said the same thing that she was really happy to hear us talking about the documentaries. So, you know, during my little discouragement time, I guess there's been a little bit pops of positivity, but, um, it is definitely difficult. And like what you were saying about reality TV and how, 
it's so just diluted with garbage yeah. and just trash and and this very flashy form of entertainment to keep people just hooked. Yeah. But it's just so unfulfilling and not educational yeah. and just so not inspiring. So yeah. There's just no depth to any of it. And I just feel like like as hard as it is to keep, you know, it, you know, being discouraged, it kind of sucks, but I just feel like no matter what, like, I don't care. I'd rather us, like, not get any, like, get, only get a little bit of listens than trying to be extra just to get Yeah, quality over quantity. Listen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, what the hell? This happened last time. There's always ambulances. Let me cover this. Hold on. <laughs> no, I can still hear it. You can still hear it? Yeah, it's fine. It's going to pass in a second. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so... Ron was sharing this with me, and I think that you also were saying that last week also just about feeling discouraged and that, like, our numbers weren't as high and stuff like that. And, I mean, I can totally understand that. I feel that way a lot of times also. But in this type of platform and what we're trying to do, I feel like consistency is the key. And so, of course, you're going to feel discouraged sometimes and, like, be like, oh, is this really working? Like, are pe- do people even care? But um, I feel like people do care. And I feel like I said consistency is the key and we just – it's just, like, this patch of moment that's, like, not that great. But I feel like we have some really cool, exciting stuff coming up. And yeah. so if we just – get through this little rough patch like the end result could be so much greater and one of the things that I always think about when thinking about like staying motivated and keeping going is a podcast that we've mentioned before in the past that's one of my favorites um is the read and they've been doing it for three years and I don't think they really got any recognition in the first year alone like maybe in the last year or so is when they really started blowing up so and, but they still kept doing it and staying consistent and just, like, working at it. And, you know, more people just started finding out about them and things like that. So I just feel like, you know, I'm glad that we're doing this together and, you know, that we have each other to bounce that off of each other. Because if it was just one of us alone and we were feeling that way, like, we would just probably stop. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, like, it was really nice hearing all the good things in the beginning, and that's what we needed to hear, of course, episode one, two, three, whatever. Um, But it it has kind of died down. Not that people aren't listening, because obviously they are. We can tell. We see the stats in our our SoundCloud and stuff like that. But um, I think it would be really cool if you guys are feeling stuff, just, like, let us know, tweet us, whatever it is. And um, if you really like it, you guys can go on iTunes if if you subscribe through iTunes, subscribe and also you can leave a review and some stars or comment whatever and that way it kind of propels us into the iTunes podcast world and things like that so if you're a fan if you're feeling us you know let the let the world know of course and really I mean at the end of the day it was mostly just you know this is for us like we said in the beginning you know and just getting comfortable doing this because we do have bigger plans and bigger things in mind so we need this for sure but it just um it's just like that moment where you're I'm like is it just us now? <laughs> you know, are we really just only doing this for us? Or are people still picking up what we're putting down? Yeah. But I think they are. It's yeah. just, you know, this is just normal for anybody's creative process. Yeah, anything that you're doing. Yeah. So, And I was also saying that I thought it would be good to discuss this on the podcast because I feel like, you know, for me, like, I feel like this 
gives me, even though obviously I know there's like a lot of trash and it's acting and fake reality TV, I feel like I have a better understanding of why or how people get to that point because you have those moments of discouragement and you're kind of just like, all right, well, what can I do right now to get these people's attention and keep them hooked? And that's how people like really rise to that level of like trashy TV because they'll just do anything outlandish to keep people watching because now they are addicted or, you know, stuck on that feeling of having people there and watching them and tuning yeah. yeah it's a high of tuning in and that's why there's so and much trash on TV relevant. yeah and and you know the audience does that for them like the crazier they get the more they want to watch and so i feel like it's also a responsibility for the audience or for society to be like okay your time is done like you were cool in the beginning and now you're getting a little crazy and kind of not keep watching it and not keep giving them the numbers and the checks that they're getting for doing all this dumb shit which even reverts back to our Dr. Phil conversation. Like that's how they get bigger and bigger and then become negative role models for these kids. So I feel like there are some people like us and who are even doing a better job than us who aren't getting the recognition or aren't getting TV shows or things like that because even though people like it, they're not putting it out there and not saying they like it and sharing it with other people. They're only sharing the negative stuff that's out there. So it's just like a really interesting circle of life. I think that we are just getting... There is a shift happening, though, in entertainment and... um and TV because like even the show that I was saying that I got interviewed for that yeah. they're trying to like work on I don't even know if I'm definitely going to be part of it like if it fits the timeline with the move or whatever yeah, but and it's... that but they even were saying it too they're like it's not going to be a love and hip hop thing like people are just kind of sick of it they're yeah. kind of over it you know like how much more of this trash can you put out there how much more it's 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 just boring after a while like mm-hmm. in the beginning it's it's fun it's entertainment it's like oh the bad girl c- clubs of the world or whatever like i was never that into reality tv because mm-hmm. i just it was just trash from the beginning yeah like, i would watch maybe an episode two of each new show that came out just to see what it was about mm-hmm. or whatever but like i could never get sucked into it because i was like this is bullshit yeah like, why what am, i'm gaining nothing from watching these people and like i'm sorry but like I don't, I just don't understand. I just had never understood like being on TV just to be on TV. Like Mm -hmm. I've had multiple opportunities to do that, but I don't, I don't, there's nothing fulfilling that comes out of being famous just for being famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what, why? No, I just, I don't understand anybody who has a platform that doesn't use it. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. It's such a fucking like bubble way of living. Like mm-hmm. it's not just your world. This is a huge world that we're living in. There's so much other shit that you could be doing. It, it just it drives me crazy. So I feel like real recognize real. And as long <laughs> as we just keep fucking doing what we're doing, I go through my like discouraged points but there's a reason why we're doing this there's a purpose there's like whatever and as long as we stay true to that i think things will happen the way they're meant to happen for us yeah so cool well yeah i'm excited about that and that you got that out and we talked about it yeah i just think the world needs more real you know reality Mm -hmm. tv isn't real yeah it's just not and like I think it it would be so much more refreshing and nice for people to see Different the real things. side of things. I think that's why Yes Jules is so dope and and like yeah. she's taken off because she's just showing 
people what it is, like really how she lives. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, even that's still like super like entertainment filled and like it's very flashy. So it's very, it's fun to watch that. And it's kind of like that gets discouraging too. It's because I think we want to show, you know, we still, you know, we have fun and we do all that too, but I think we want to show like the giving back stuff and that all yeah. of that. And I don't know. How an equal balance of both. Yeah. People. An equal balance yeah. of both. So For sure. we'll, we'll find the formula. Yeah. There formula. <laughs> there you go. So. Okay. So I think it's time to finish up with a little question. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be cool um, to talk about our dating lives to a certain extent. <laughs> so, not existent. <laughs> <laughs> not recent or anything or not anything specific, but well, it is specific, but I was just thinking, you know, like what I was thinking about first dates and like people are always com- like all these like Twitter topics and like stuff I would see going around about $200 dates and like all that bullshit. And I was like, I've always been one that kind of appreciates like creative or just fun, sensible things, um, especially when a guy comes up with an idea to do something. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at first I was saying, like, what was your most memorable or, like, coolest first date? But I guess we could open it up to any date if you want, or we could just do first date. Um, okay, I guess I have to think about it. Because my ex used to do a lot of cute little things. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, like, when we were, I mean, I was younger, you know, he did cute things, like, he planned, like, a day for, like, in the city with, like, a Broadway show, because, you know, I liked theater, and then, like, we went on a, a nice boat ride around Manhattan and saw, like, you know, Manhattan oh, that's at cute. night. And that's when, yeah, and that's, like, when I was still living in Connecticut, so it was all, like, new and different, and it was really nice. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't, like, a first date. I don't know if I've had real first dates. Like, I don't... I guess I have had one okay. date, I guess you could say. Like, the first initial meeting up with a guy. Yeah, yeah. that's... Um, that counts. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, that was a nice day. We, like, spent the day at the beach. Um, you guys I met just, at like, the beach? Chill. Yeah, we met at the beach. Mm-hmm. He had, like, a little, like, cabana at the beach. Um and we just, like, spent the day at the beach, and then we both kind of went our separate ways, freshened up, and then met back up again for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then we went to, like, a, ho- a hookah lounge, and it was super low-key. Like, there was maybe one other couple in there, like, really just, you know, solo time. And then we ended up going out to a club after that. So it was just, like, a full... Wow, that's, pack. like, a full-day date. Yeah, it was, like, a full-day date. So and you guys liked each other. You, like, spent the whole day together. <laughs> yeah yeah it was nice it was nice it was cute it was a nice little connection I guess but it was fun cool (laughs) but yeah that would probably like the official an official day date situation Mm -hmm. other guys because most other guys like I've met like I've already been out when I've met them Mm -hmm. or like you know and it was just like plans to like meet up again so it was never that that moment of like oh you know like that first like meetup moment I don't think I've really ever had that with with other guys before yeah it was weird because I thought 
since I never had that before, I thought it would be like kind of I, I thought I'd be kind of nervous or mm-hmm. feel weird or awkward. It's a little more comfortable never, actually. It never it never had that like we never had that moment. Like we talked a little bit beforehand before meeting up, but like once we met up, it was like it was almost like we knew each other. It was just weird. It was mm-hmm. just like, all right, so here we are, like let's we're just chilling now. Yeah. And it happened to be stuff that like you enjoy too. So like you love the beach, you like hookah, like you like dinner, yeah. like it all just worked out. So cool. Yeah. It was just like normal, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um first day. I think, like, the coolest first date where after the first date, I was just like, oh, that was, like, really nice, um, mm-hmm. was actually um, uh, somebody that I met on Tinder, and which was interesting because this is not what I expected to get out of it. Not that I was just looking yeah. to fuck or anything, but I didn't expect it to be so nice. Um, but we ended up meeting in Brooklyn um, in Dumbo. I believe that area is called. What is that pier area called? Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So down in Dumbo and basically like it's down by the water in Brooklyn and there's like a lot of cute little shops and restaurants, but you can walk around the whole thing. Um, kind of like a boardwalk, but in New York City. And mm-hmm. um, so we met at this ice cream shop that's down there. I can't remember the name of it now, but it's pretty well known. Um, and so we met down there, we got some ice cream and then he was like, you know, we met, that's, that was the first time we ever met face to face, like ever really like had conversation. Cause my whole thing with like meeting people like on Tinder or whatever, like I didn't really share any of my social media. I didn't want to know theirs cause I don't want to get to know somebody through social media because as we've discussed, like that's not real life. Um, and I'm very picky. So if I see one thing that I do not like, or you spelled something wrong, I'll be over it in like 10 seconds. (laughs) So we, you know, ended up meeting up, sitting down, eating our ice cream. And then he was like, do you want to like take a walk and just eat our ice cream while we're walking or whatever? I was like, okay. So we ended up walking and then we stumble upon this art exhibit that's in the middle of like a field down there, the mirror Uh one. Yeah, it's so dope. So, and he's actually kind of in architecture. So he was like explaining like the material they used and like all the stuff, all this stuff about it, and like which would seem kind of boring, but the fact that the exhibit was right there and you can kind of like learn about the artist while seeing the art, and he could explain it to me, like that was really cool. Um, and then we just kept walking along, and there were people exercising everywhere, and we stopped at a bench and just you know, continue the conversation, learning about each other. And then, um, we decided to go for a drink and there was this like rooftop little bar in the middle of the pier. So we walked up there and had a drink and it was like sunset. It was beautiful. Like it ended up just working out (laughs) really Uh, well and turned into like almost a whole day thing too. Um, and then he was telling me about like smorgasburg or whatever that thing is called when they do the food market Mm -hmm. down there. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah, it wasn't going on while we were there at the time, but he was just, like, telling me all about it um, and things like that. So, and I remember, did I, did I meet up with you after? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I came. I think I came to your apartment afterwards, and yeah. um, I was just, like, really impressed. And I was like, wow, that was really cool. That's definitely not what I expected out of a guy that I met in t- on Tinder. Um, right. Yeah, and then, so I just thought it was really sweet, and, like, it was a really good experience, and I think I've said it on the past on the show, where I always feel like um, 
experiences are way better than like grand gestures and stuff because like I'm never going to forget that first date like you know there was a lot of components to it and stuff like that um rather than like showing up to dinner just to dinner and like him maybe having flowers or like some stupid shit like that you know um and for sure yeah and so yeah it was a really good experience um and ended up not working out (laughs) but the first date experience was definitely memorable so I appreciate him for that um but yeah yeah I love I mean that's I love just experiencing new things or Mm -hmm. even something even if it's not a new thing, just maybe with a new person. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's nice. I'd rather go do things and mm-hmm. see things than receive something. Yeah. You know, I'd rather, I don't know, like, a, it doesn't even have to be, like, a big fancy dinner. That doesn't really, although they're nice. Yeah, but that, absolutely. It doesn't have to, to be that. It's, I don't know. Yeah. So, cool. Cute. All right. Well, without saying too much, because I... Don't want to give it away just in case something happens. We'll have some really exciting... We'll have a really exciting episode next week. And... Um, Wait, are we going to be able to air it? Are we going to air it the same day? We will air it the same day because I can probably... Just like probably edit, later. Yeah, it's going to be later. So it's probably not going to drop till nighttime. Like after, like around 7. Because I'm yeah. assuming we won't be done recording till like maybe 3, 4. So... Yeah. Yeah, so make I'm sure. Very excited. We're gonna have our first guest. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a guest next week because we know that you guys are probably tired of us just talking, um, <laughs> or not. And we tried to have this guest much sooner, but you know, people's schedules in life is just you know different. Yeah. So we're finally gonna. Yeah, have and they're flying in to on. Connecticut, um, so it'll be. It'll be fun. That's why, like, I don't want to say it because, like, flights and travel are involved, so you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but knock on wood, it's going to happen. So make sure you guys tune in next Friday a little bit later in the day, but we'll definitely have something really, really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right, guys. Check you next time. Bye. I'm here to talk to you guys today about condom usage. Uh, my name's Dave. I am not a doctor by any means. I'm actually a rapper. I go by the stage name Lil Dicky, and that kind of makes me uniquely qualified. When I say that, I mean being a rapper, not Lil Dicky, even though it is penile. But the rapper thing makes me uniquely qualified to have these conversations from like a pretty educated point of view because I have sexual opportunities thrown at my feet regularly at this point. I know that's obnoxious to hear. That's got to hurt a lot of men around the world you know, that don't have these opportunities. But let me tell you, it's not even that enjoyable because it's super stressful. And I just think we need to talk about why. The other day, I was out at a bar with my friends. One of them's name is Jordan. Jordan disappeared for a little while. He comes back to our table. He goes, guess what I just did? I said, what? He said, I had sex with a girl in the bathroom. I don't know how charming you have to be to pull something like that off. It's ridiculous. But then I had so many questions, obviously, all about positioning. Like, I envisioned doggy style because... Mission, you can't, like, envisioning someone, like, on the bowl of the toilet is weird. And then I finally got to the detail of, did you use a condom? He said, no. Okay, Jordan, let's talk about the next day. Let's talk about the potential consequences of that. You got up in that raw sex. Texting your friends about it. Ejaculated inside of her, fully satisfied. Hope you're satisfied. How does it feel to go to work tomorrow with HIV? First off, one in five of us has genital herpes. I know you've heard that stat. You can ignore it. 
You can act like it doesn't matter, but it's a real stat. 90% of that 20% has no idea they even have it. Before we have sex, every time you gotta explain to the girl, by the way, you should know that I have genital herpes. You have that option of sharing that information or you can be a complete sociopath and withhold it and not tell them and just have your sex. But I don't even wanna talk to those people. I'm not even gonna address them because they're monsters and it's also illegal and you should, we're gonna catch you.